0: Hey, Real Talk listeners, we are back for another episode of Nope, that is not what it means. And today we are talking about performance management, right? What is that about? We have so much to talk about this topic when it comes to performance management. There is so much to say here. Um, Keith, how do you feel about performance management and the conversations and how leaders are using this topic in the workforce?
1: Well, it's funny because Anytime the topic of performance management comes up I can almost guarantee that somebody in the room is going to assume that we're talking about write-ups it's almost a given that the term performance management somehow is the same thing as disciplinary action you know pips any sort of thing that is kind of oh manage uh, my, uh, one of, one of my other favorite terms on performance management is managing people out or, or Managing up or managing out, right? And you know, this is one of those topics that kind of, that kind of borders, the straddles the difference between leadership skills and management skills, right? Because you're managing a process of performance, but at the same time, you're still, you're still leading the people who are in, who are involved in this, right? So there's lots of terms that people use in performance management, and they use them all interchangeably, right? They t- they they talk about you know disciplinary process. They talk about coaching and feedback. And they think it all means the same thing, that it means correcting poor performance or remediating performance. right? And really, performance management is about being skilled at lots of different things, which includes things like correcting performance, but it also includes things like developing people. It includes the skills of coaching, which is not the same thing as setting expectations. So anytime that the topic of performance management comes up, it becomes very easy for me to kind of jump down a bunch of different rabbit holes and and have these long conversations about what it actually means, kind of like I'm doing right now. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely a topic that needs some attention, especially with organizations that are not familiar with growing and developing an an employee population.
0: You know, it's interesting. I've heard it kind of two different ways. I've heard it in the way that you've described it Keith where you need to performance manage someone out or up or which in other words means it's an opportunistic coaching moment for them or corrective action or write up or pip whatever or i've heard it where it's the once a year term where you are oh we're doing the performance management process this year it's the annual review cycle of your performance management so like it's just the one time a year thing like I think organizations really get this wrong. And I've seen it even wrong in human resource departments. Oh, yeah. For
2: sure. And Keith, I'm in that exact same place, particularly, you know, for a huge part of my career. My role was teaching leaders. And this was one of those steps in the process. And every time the topic came up, I took a side just like I just did right now. Every single time, I'd be like, oh okay, let's talk about performance management. But before we talk about it, and then I would get on my soapbox and I would dissect those two words. And I would say, you know, as a supervisor of people, you have a bunch of people below you that need to perform certain tasks and some of them they know and some of them they don't some of them they've done a million times some of them they've done never some of them they could get better at some of them they will never get better at some are requirement of their job some help them get to the next level right so they they just they need to perform or do things they need to do things your job is a leader is to work with them so they do those things well. Bam, performance management, that's it. Your job is to help people do shit right, or at least right based on the way the company has established right. And I would literally dissect just that definition because what I learned when i didn't do that we went on those tangents and they were like yeah because there's some people that just can't do this job and you got to manage them out and i'm like um and you want to you want to scream right because there's a number of skills involved with performance management but i will tell you maria you you started alluding to how it's not even done well in a lot of hr departments so in full disclosure here listeners typically people who come up with things like performance management cycles or the life cycle of a, an employee whatever your organization calls it if you call it anything the people typically in organizational development that come up with this process they work with leaders they work with employee relations hr they work with learning and development To kind of pull all this together perfectly, but you're talking about a group of people who sit around and talk about these concepts all day long. And so we've already had a chance to process what this means, what skills would be involved, how you would shift from you know, displaying leadership skills to organizing and managing a process, when you might do this, how you might do this better. We get to sit around and talk about fun stuff like that all day long. And then what we do is we take concepts that we've been learning about and talking about for years, and we bottle them into a hot sheet that we then give to you that has a lot of pictures and not a whole lot of words because you don't really have a lot of time because you're doing two people's jobs and we're hoping that the pictures make sense. So I am in full disclosure. I'm going to say I've absolutely seen this rolled out so poorly that you would almost have to be someone who pursued this kind of education to really understand what you were trying to go for. If you got that hot sheet or that training, um, sorry, I'm going to stop now.
1: No, I, I was just, I was, I was laughing because i you know, the people who are listening can't see it, but the expression on your face as you were describing this and the frustration that was coming across your face is, uh, you know, I, I definitely feel it because I know exactly what we're talking about, but Maria, to your point before, when you were talking about the, uh, the annual performance process, right, and how big of a deal most organizations make around this annual process. But it is the only time of the year that the company makes any requests of its leaders to track or make comments about employees' performance. And it's laughable to imagine that any leader, even if they only have a small team, is able to accurately assess the performance of an employee over the course of a year when they're only thinking about it once a year, right? There's no expectation that there is any sort of tracking of their performance, any sort of recording of conversations, any sort of coaching or development that happens throughout the year. The only expectation is that once a year, you know, you take out this form and you give this person a rating on how they performed over the past 365 days, and you're expected to remember everything about their performance so that you can assign them a score, which will determine whether or not they are rated as satisfactory or outstanding or needs improvement or whatever you know arbitrary system the organization comes up with, and then uh, that will also determine you know what sort of pay increase they'll see or won't see, and it's just a checkbox. you know, It really makes no impact at all, except the employee who is either enthusiastic about the fact that they got a slightly higher raise than they were expecting, or the disgruntled employee who never was told that they were doing anything wrong, but is now one, at the end of the year being told, sorry, you didn't perform well enough to, to get any sort of increase whatsoever.
2: It's also really common in organizations. And and if you're going to do any sort of annual review, first of all, I would tell you to reach out to us so we can give you about 10 different ways to do it better. But if you are, you've got to look at ways to track performance that aren't just negative. If you think about performance reviews in most organizations, the only things that you can put really factual that aren't going to be subjective are things that they screwed up. Like I can pull a time report that shows how many times you were late. I can't pull a report that shows me how many times you volunteered to come in on your day off to help because we were short handed. I can pull a report that tells you how many times you processed a package wrong. I can't pull a report that tells me how you were able to effectively wait on five customers simultaneously in order to keep them from having to wait for 20 minutes. So we create these KPI environments where we can only pull data on what we're going to spank you about.
0: Yeah, you're good. You have a good point. I was going to say, well, I guess if you're pulling a time management report see how many times they were late, you could also see how many times they arrived on time, but that's their job. Like your job is to arrive on time. So how did you go above and beyond that other than clocking in 30 minutes early, which your boss is going to be pissed about because now there's OT and controllable cost issues. So Yeah. (laughs) Right. A whole slew of things. Right. So I think that's where we need to kind of think through and talk through as an organization, as companies. Right. This is probably like a genius idea for anyone listening. Create a system to where before your manager leaves, they have to like punch into the system or punch out. Even if they're salaried and they'll have to acknowledge your employees positive or something, you know, that's transpired that day.
2: Like a cool app that you could go on that gives you some kind of notification that requires you to type in some facts around
0: some positive and opportunity things.
2: Yeah, really
0: quick, some quick clickbait type things. And then it captures everything and rolls it into an annual review where you can get an increase.
2: I think when it comes to performance management, one of, in my opinion, this is one of the, Keith, you you alluded, you talked about this earlier. It's one of the things that you'll do as a leader that requires you to be able to pull in multiple completely different skill sets. The, the skill of management typically involves very linear thinking, organization, structure, the skill of leadership tends to involve a little more fluidity in the process. And then coaching and feedback is, is almost a balance of the two because you gotta have some facts to talk to, but you have to be fluid in the moment when you're coaching or providing feedback. And the idea of managing performance, it requires you to pull on all of those things a little bit. And it might be why so many leaders struggle with it is because they are different ideas or different skill sets that are not complementary skill sets. You know, when I look at the skill of coaching, here's an example of what I mean by complementary skill sets. When I look at a salesperson, a facilitator, and say a recruiter, there's a lot of similarities in some of the skills that they perform, like being able to listen to keywords or asking really good questions, being able to build rapport pretty quickly, whether they know someone or not. So They have a lot of complementary skill sets, management, and leadership don't have a ton of complementary skill sets. They are different. So maybe that's that's part of why people struggle with it. I'm not sure.
1: Well, I think part of the reason why people struggle with it is because most leaders adapt one skill set that falls under the entire gamut of performance management and think, okay, that's what I do as a leader, right? So if they find that, if they develop their skill of coaching, then they say, okay, well, that's the type of leader I am. And then they don't develop the skills of managing, you know, setting expectations or correcting performance. But then if you've got the employees or the managers or the leaders in, you know, say operations where they've developed strong skills in correcting performance, well, then they probably aren't bothering to hone their skills on coaching and developing because they think, well, this is the type of leader I am. So I think part of the reason why it's so difficult is because... Leaders will adapt a certain style and say, well, that's who I am as a leader.
0: Yeah. So what can we do to adjust this mindset for our leaders or HR people on performance, on the word performance or performance management, on coaching, right? When you think of a coach, you're not always thinking about negative, right? Coaching, right? They're also talking through positive opportunistic discussions, uh, positive discussions. So like, how can we sit there and give people the tools and resources they need to use this word correctly? Well,
1: I I think for me, it's, it's about just being, I think it's about bringing awareness to the fact that there are some specific skill sets and that you do need to be skilled in all of them. And, you know, to your point about coaching, to simplify things my way of looking at coaching is that coaching is always about growth, right? If we're talking about correcting performance, we're not coaching, right? At that point, we are correcting performance. We are moving people back on track. We are not coaching. If we're coaching, we are taking employees who are performing and we are moving them up to the next level, right? So I think that if we were to look at it, we could say, well, those are those are two kind of opposite sides of, of of skills that that you need to be able to do. You need to be able to take employees that are not performing well and correct their performance, but you also need to be able to to work with employees who are performing well and coach and develop them to the next level.
2: I think for me, one of the things is um, you've absolutely got to look at how you teach each group this process. If you're looking at first-time leaders, this can't be a hot sheet or a 30-minute discussion. So, all leaders should get the same idea, but depending on where they fall in a leadership cycle, you've got to look at what their need is. So, you can't just say, leaders get this training, first-time leaders get this, um, multi-unit leaders will need something a little bit different. Executives ideally should need less because they've been in multiple leadership roles prior to that role. So you really just have to look at your audience. I would say there's also a ton of resources that you could talk to your organizational development or your learning and development department, your HR department as well. Books that are super quick reads. One of my favorites when it comes to managing performance is a man named Ferdinand Fornies. I always laugh because it reminds me, did you guys ever see the movie? There was a movie with Natalie Portman, and I'm surprised I remembered her name because I'm so bad with names. But where her name, she named her kid like America or something because the kid was born in Walmart or something. Anybody? Anybody? You know, the, the library guy's name was like, <laughs> Ferdinand Fornys, I think. And so every time I think about this author's name, but think about that movie. But he's written a lot of, like, he, he studied how to manage performance or how to get people to do the right things. And his books are super quick. Um, they do not have super quick titles, but they are super quick reads. One of my favorites is called why employees don't do what they're supposed to do and what to do about it. I literally read it in half a day because the way he um, has set up and composed the book. So ask for resources if you're struggling because we can get you some.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, those are good points. And you know, kind of going back to also what Keith mentioned, I think, you know, when you're a coach and you think about individuals getting across like you're you're watching a football game, the coach is sitting there and the goal of that coach is to get the touchdown with the team. Like the goal is to get people to continue moving forward, not penalizing them and putting them in their place, right? That's the ref's problem. Like penalize, throw the flags, whatever, right? So, I think it's a good point. Like, that's how we take it to the next level as a leader. I think that's how we need to continue growing when it comes to discussions about performance management.
1: I love that example about coaching because it's a really important distinction that there's a reason why the NFL, like you mentioned, has coaches and not team managers, right? Because they don't take employees and correct their performance, right? If they had to correct an employee's or a, a, an LFL player's performance, they wouldn't be in the NFL. They're taking highly skilled, highly talented performers and helping them to grow even further. And that's the reason why they have coaches and not managers. And so as a leader, when you're putting that coach hat on, you got to be thinking of your employees as I'm growing them to the next level. I'm not fixing what's broken.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, until next time, we're going to talk about two more topics. So stay tuned to this series about how we can misconstrue and get things wrong take care everyone bye